Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Make no mistake where you are. Does Dusty Rhodes have a 30 for 30 on him? Corey, do you know this? This is a good question. I don't know. Okay. Because just on that open alone... He's interesting enough for me that he needs a 30 for 30. Uh, glory days, man. Those are the glory days of wrestling. Just can't get enough of that kind of stuff. I grew up watching that stuff, watching Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, Roddy Piper. Um, and that's like, and this is still before that, really. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair are kind of like how that whole era came about. And, man, that was good entertainment. Just people screaming at the top of their lungs on, like, a Sunday morning. It was, it was back when wrestling was on the weekends in the mornings mm. and, and the afternoons. It wasn't on at night. It wasn't primetime yet. Yeah, I was just about to ask, should I know who Dusty Rhodes is and... How old are you? Uh, 29. Nope. Okay. No. Okay. I'm, right. I'm 38, and Dusty Rhodes is old for me. So, like, no, you probably okay. shouldn't have a reference. I, I, I know who Rowdy, Rowdy Piper is, you know, more so because I had right. heard when he died and, mm-hmm. you know, they did specials on him. And it was just like, okay, he was a villain and he uh, he apparently got stabbed quite a bit. Piper's or, Pit. Yeah. Love to see it. Yeah. Apparently a lot of people didn't like him, so they tried to uh, hurt him very badly or, or do worse. They Live. Starred in They Live. John Carpenter's uh, excellent, uh, I guess, kind of zombie flick whatever it's great stuff mm. um but yeah i mean that that to me that's the golden age of wrestling wrestling's pretty good now you can and then so you can get so much more stuff you can get stuff from japan you can get stuff 
from Latin America. Access to the internet has made it so easy <laughs> to get any kind of entertainment you want. When I was growing up, it was, man, it was still, like, it really wasn't cable yet. Cable was just coming around, right? Yeah. I watched, you know, wrestling on, you know, one of the over-the-air stations on the weekend, and it was this. It was guys in um, one-piece leotards screaming at the top of their lungs at each other through <laughs> uh, G- Mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favorite opens that we have on the show for at least Howard and Jeremy is the Mean Gene Okerlund one where he's or he's with Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan's like, forget the cigarette. sucking on a cigar. Eggs. What are yeah. you, you drinking? Oh, you're eating those eggs. You're <laughs> sucking on a cigar at three in the morning. Yeah, look, it goes down easy. Here you go down. Oh, no. Yes. It's so great. Yes, that is one of my favorite opens. I, I, It's almost like you have to play it once a week at like six in the morning. It's almost like a perfect like Monday morning open. That's correct. So it's like everybody's like, oh, let's go. Let's get this day going. Let's yeah. let's get started. It's, it's, it's so great because Mean Gene and the whole thing, he's just disgusted. And Mith Verity's like, all right, fine. Let's do it. Let's go. It's <laughs> perfect. So it's like, okay, I'm ready to yep. go. Let's do this. It's so good. Um, yeah, no, I, I've been meaning to get to the Ric Flair 30 for 30 for the longest while. Um, I have, I have access to it. I just haven't ever decided to watch it. The, I mean, uh, it was Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair usually as playing heels to each other. And they were like the best of friends. Like they okay. traveled everywhere. They hung out all the time. All these guys were great friends. Okay. So maybe, so maybe if I get the chance to watch the Ric Flair for You'll 30 for 30. You'll see Dusty Rhodes in it. It's impossible to miss him. I'll in get to, to learn more about, uh. Dusty Rhodes, fantastic. That's what I like to hear because uh, he sounds like a very interesting man based on your open for, for Sports Talk Saturday. There's a great Twitter account called, no. let's call it Dusty Rhodes No Context or No Context Dusty Rhodes. It's just clips of him. There's a lot saying, of great Twitter accounts that's just no content, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's, good. it's so great because, I mean, <laughs> so much of the showmanship and the stuff he says and his um, the lisp he has to adds, just adds right to it. It's so good. It's so good. Well, we're off to a good start talking about Dusty Rhodes. I mean, we're not going to talk about Dusty Rhodes the entire time, but only, only if we dare to dream. Only if we dare to dream. Right on, Corey. Uh, Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary once again here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Nate had a busy week today. He's off today. Uh, or this week, he had a busy week. He's off today. And he'll be back on Tuesday because he's actually filling in for One Bills Live. So uh, Nate, over the week, he he hosted Thursday and Friday from noon to three, filling in for the One Bills Live uh, slot there. And he had an a- an AFC North preview on Thursday. Then he had an AFC West preview yesterday. And coming up Tuesday, he's going to have an AFC South preview, talking with a bunch of guests that from that represent a team in that division in the AFC. And uh, if you missed any of it, it's all available on demand at WGR550.com. And again, Nate will be back on Tuesday filling in for One Bills Live. And uh, this past week, we've all been kind of doing our part to fill in. Sal's been filling in 10 to noon, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. I was in yesterday, 10 to noon. And Jody Biasi was in Tuesday and Wednesday to noon to 3. And that's all changing because it's going to be Back to normal as of Monday. Andrew Peters, Craig Ravey, they're going to be back. Uh, also, Chris Brown and Steve Tasker will be back for One Bills Live. And it'll be a little sense of normalcy here going forward as NHL free agent or as the NHL offseason really begins to ramp up uh, into next week with 
teams having to submit their list for the expansion draft and the draft coming up, NHL free agency, and then end of July, as things start to die down in hockey, it becomes football season because training camp is going to be getting underway towards the end of July, last week of July, into the first month of August. So once one sport winds down with off-season activity, another sport begins to ramp up their, I don't know if it's off-season technically, but still technically off-season isn't quite preseason yet. It's training camp. So we've got plenty to do. And normally, obviously, because of the pandemic, everything kind of got pushed around. And normally at this time, July 10th, I mean, if it was a normal year, there wouldn't be really much to talk about right now. There wouldn't be a lot of off-season activity in the NHL. The draft would have been passed. Uh, the free agency would have already been underway. Maybe around this time, you'd get the really random signings or the random trades. And football would still be in its normal state as it is right now. Nothing really going on until training camp. So it's a little nice having the ability to be able to talk about certain things that are going on in the hockey world, at least. Again, because football, it's relatively quiet right now. It's it's not much is going on. You know, with the Bills, we're monitoring a potential Josh Allen contract extension. However, things have been relatively quiet there. But we're still... Tracking the Bills, we're tracking the Sabres, we're making sure that we've got you completely covered here on WGR and also available for you on our website, WGR550.com. And speaking of hockey, there was a little bit of an interesting note this morning from T uh, from TSN, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman. He had his final 31 Thoughts blog, which is 33 Thoughts this week, and as of next year, it'll I think it'll become 32 Thoughts because... They uh, there will be the inclusion of the Seattle franchise. I get so it. now they will he will be upping it to thirty two. I get it now. I yeah, it. It, it, like Elliot Elliot does a great job with these thirty one, thirty two, thirty thoughts blogs, and he also has his podcast with Jeff Merrick. So in the final edition of the thirty one thoughts blog this season, Elliot wrote a little bit about Jack Eichel, and I I captioned it, I shared it on Twitter. You can. Check it out. Here's what Elliot Freeman had. It was his 10th thought in his 31 Thoughts blog. And this is what it says. Quote, there were rumors Jack Eichel backed away from the disc replacement surgery and would consider a fusion instead, but several sources refuted that. It's not true. There was a time I thought a trade might happen sooner rather than later, but after the expansion draft looks more likely. Who's in there? My guess is Anaheim, Calgary, Minnesota, and Vegas with Boston, the Rangers, and possibly Los Angeles on the periphery. And then he adds on a little bit, saying, It's tough to read the Kings in this on this one. The Sabres are looking for youth, high-level prospects, and picks. The complicating part is Buffalo's been very careful with Eichel's medical records. They want to make sure trading partners are serious before allowing access. It's a little different than St. Louis, which has indicated it will make Vladimir Tarasenko's medical records available. So an interesting little tidbit there with Elliot Friedman pointing this out in his 31 Thoughts blog. There wasn't anything else pertaining to the Sabres in that blog, but I'd still recommend that you read it because there's other things that he's pointing out with uh, Olympic coverage or uh, just just in general, the NHLers being able to go over to Beijing next winter to play, participate in the Winter Olympics. Um, other tidbits from around the league, but this is it on the Sabres, and this is it with Jack Eichel. There's the thought that uh, maybe he was going to 
do fusion, but that's not true. Other than that, it's pretty much now a trade for Eichel could come after the expansion draft. And this makes things a little more difficult for Kevin Adams just because if this does actually happen, I mean, there, he's going to have plenty of time during the roster freeze to make these discussions. But the second that the roster freeze ends on the 22nd, the very next day is the 23rd. And if Kevin Adams is looking to get another top pick in this year's draft to be able to draft another really good player in the top 10, he's going to have to try and make that trade in about a 24 to 36 hour span, it seems like. Which makes it a little more difficult for Kevin Adams to try and pull off a move for Jack Eichel. Granted, you know, Kevin Adams should still be asking for a hefty price for Jack Eichel. In Buffalo, we know what his value is to especially this team, but also just with how good of a player he is on a national landscape. When he's healthy, when he's at 100% and he's on top of his game, he is arguably a top 10 player in the NHL. There is no denying that fact. He's proven it a couple of times. This year was a year where I think he was hurt before the season when he came. I mean, he was hurt before the season, but when he came back, he was never 100%. I don't think he ever really truly felt the comfortable uh, in his own skin this season due to being banged up. And then the herniated disc happens and the season ends and then everything kind of just tumbles downhill from there. So the Sabres should be asking for the hefty price for Jack Eichel for good reason. And it's interesting because there's a couple of other teams that kind of pop up in Elliot Friedman's report here. Calgary has only recently, I think, been talked about in a potential trade for Jack Eichel. And they're interesting because they, they're sitting in a decent spot in the draft. It's not great. They're sitting at 11th, I believe, maybe 12th. But they're just outside of that top 10 range because... Again, we've, we've talked about with this draft. The top 10 of this year's draft is has got very good NHL players, where, or, you know, NHL prospects, I should say, that could potentially become very good NHL players and give you a good 600, 700, 800 games in the NHL and put up very good production. They're not going to be a, a top-line forward or a franchise player or that quote-unquote generational player like a lot of people throw around. I mean, granted, Connor McDavid is a generational player, but... That's really been it since Sidney Crosby. And, you know, if, if the Sabres are sitting just outside that top 10, maybe they could try to maneuver themselves to get back into the top 10 somehow, but it would be a little bit difficult because I think there's going to be teams that are sitting in that top 10 realizing, okay, we're going to get a stellar prospect where we are right now in the top 10. If we're not moving. We're just going to sit here. We're going to... Relax, and we're just going to let the board fall as it may, and then we'll make our selection. And the Sabres, if they acquire a, a potential pick from Calgary, they're going to be sitting just outside of that top 10 range. They'll be, they would be picking 12th if they try and get that pick from Calgary. Another team that Elliot Freeman points out that I think is a little surprising to me because I don't know how they'd possibly be able to do it is the Boston Bruins. Now, mind you, Boston is Jack Eichel's hometown. I I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Boston would call and maybe inquire, but for them to be on the periphery, along with teams like the Rangers in Los Angeles, that might be a little more surprising to me. I, I'm sure other teams around the league have called. I'm sure most teams have called around the league inquiring about Jack Eichel and what the price is. And there were probably teams that they started hearing the asking price and said, okay, that's out of our range. Thank you for your time. Have a great day, Kevin Adams. 
that I would have thought Boston would have been one of those teams that's just like, yep, nope, that's that's fine with us, thank you. And but here we are, Boston's pick. You know, Boston's in this discussion now as a team quote on the periphery, along with Los Angeles and the New York Rangers. The other teams that Elliot Freeman mentioned, no surprise: Anaheim Ducks, Minnesota Wild, Vegas Golden Knights. And that's really it for for what's going on with Jack Eichel. Other than that, we could continue to speculate where Jack Eichel's going to land. What's going to happen with Jack Eichel this offseason? We were speaking with uh, David Pagnota yesterday. And when we asked him about the whole Jack Eichel situation, he was one that also mentioned Calgary. And pretty much just, he also kind of echoed the thought of Friedman where he said, well, at this point, it seems like a trade is going to happen after the expansion draft, not before. And it's going to be a crazy time between the uh, end of the expansion draft when the roster freeze ends and all the way going forward until uh, the draft, free agency, all that. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if Kevin Adams can truly get the value that he wants for Jack Eichel, especially if it's important to him and the organization to get another top pick in this year's draft. Because, yes, again, they can discuss trades and they can put something together during that roster freeze. But once that freeze opens and if there's nothing going, it he's only going to have so much time to be able to pull something off before the draft. It'll be interesting to see how everything kind of unfolds with Jack Eichel going forward. It'll be something that we'll probably continue to monitor throughout next week because, again, the thought is we're not going to see anything after the expansion draft. Next week, as of next week, I think 5 o'clock next week, the 17th, all teams in the NHL except for the Vegas Golden Knights have to submit their protection list to the NHL for the expansion draft. And then... Pierre LeBron, I think, reported Thursday or something like that that the NHL would be revealing the protected list and who, which players are protected from the expansion draft the very next day on the 18th because the league has to approve those lists and then go forward that way. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday, just running down offseason plans for the Sabres and, and what could happen. Paul Hamilton's got an article over at WGR550.com, a really good outline of kind of how everything is going to proceed this offseason. We'll speak with Paul coming up in about 12 minutes here. Get his thoughts on uh, the latest with Jack Eichel, the future of Sam Reinhart. That's something I do want to talk about as well today. But certainly in the time between the roster freeze and the expansion draft, it'll be interesting to see what talks progress and, and how teams can kind of continue to progress on trade talks, not only with Jack Eichel, but everywhere else. I think, I mean, I think personally, for what I believe, is that Jack Eichel probably is going to be traded by the time the draft hits on Friday the 23rd. Now, I believe believe it's going to happen that way, I think they should absolutely try to get the best value they can and wait as long as they have to to get that best value. It's going to be interesting again to see how things, how Kevin Adams is trying to play this with other teams. Is he going to try to get those teams to get into a bidding war? Is he going to try to progress things along a little bit quicker by doing something like that? 
But we'll see. I still believe Jack Eichel's a goner this offseason. I, I really don't believe he's going to be back. I, I'm approaching it that way mentally. I'm I'm trying to gauge myself and, and prepare for next season without Jack Eichel in the picture. And I know that some people are going to say, well, if you if you don't trade him or if you can't get the best value, then don't trade him. I, I mean, I agree, but I I firmly believe that it's it's a matter of that it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do believe this is just bound to happen with Jack Eichel. And it is, and I don't know if if they're going to get the value they want for him. I think absolutely the value should be at least the four first-round assets. But, you know, some teams are probably shying away from that, and, and you can understand why they would. You don't know what the situation is with Jack Eichel's herniated disc. You don't know how herniated discs are going to be able to recover, especially for a, a hockey athlete like Eichel, who wants a specific type of surgery that no other NHL athlete has ever had. You can see why some teams are very are very much shying away from the idea of trying to acquire a Jack Eichel. But you can give me your thoughts. You can join in on the show today at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. How do you see the Jack Eichel situation playing out? Do you believe he's going to be a goner before the NHL draft? Or do you think that the Sabres would be best off trying to hold off until they can get the best deal available instead of trying to, you know, maybe try to get that extra first-round asset? Because it certainly, it certainly, to me, feels like that the Sabres want to get an extra pick because they think that they know this draft, and like Kevin Adam or I don't remember who said it, but but they I think it was Darren Dreger, one of Darren Dreger's appearances on TSN. I think they believe that they... They have looked into this draft. They know what type of players are available. And if they're going to get a top pick in this year's draft, they they, they better have done their homework to know who they're getting and what how the board may fall. Because they're going to have the number one pick, and everyone seems to believe Owen Power is going to be that pick. I would tend to agree to an extent. Because I think, I mean, I, I believe it, it's going to be Owen Power. But... I don't want it to be Owen Power. Because I think there's still some unanswered questions when it comes to Owen Power and how he projects over time. Whereas a guy like Matthew Beneers, I watch, and the way he plays at the collegiate level and the way that he's played at the World Juniors, I think that's much more easily transitionable to the NHL level where... You know, what you see is pretty much what you're going to get. A guy that just goes 110%, 110% of the time and is just a monster around the puck. He's always constantly on the puck. He's around the puck. He's forechecking, backchecking. He just, he has a motor and it does not stop. And I think people in Buffalo would really like a player like Matthew Beneers just because he is that, he's got that much of a work ethic. Not to say that Owen Power doesn't have a work ethic. I think Owen Power is on the blue line has very good vision. It's just I'm more on the on the line of if you're trading Jack Eichel and if you're trading Sam Reinhart, you're opening up two big holes in in your forward group that's going to have to be filled by younger players that aren't probably going to live up to those expectations, at least not right away. 
Whereas if you get a guy like Matthew Beniers, sure, he may not be on the same level of Jack Eichel. He may, you know, he may not be exactly a, a an all-around great smart playmaker like Sam Reinhardt, but certainly he's a guy that at his best is a really good second-line center, and just, again, he's got the work ethic that fans in Buffalo are going to absolutely love. And that would be my guy at number one, but, I mean, it, it feels like, to me, the Sabres are probably going to go Owen Power because they're probably going to look at it as, all right, we've got Rasmus Dahlin already. If you add Owen Power, he could easily be your... Second pair left-handed defenseman. Ryan Johnson's already in the system, and he's got another year of college to go, at the very least. He could go play. Uh, and, and then when he's ready to come into the NHL, he'd be your third-line left-handed defenseman. And then on your right side, you've got Henry Okiharu. You've got Will Borgen. You've got a guy like Oscarie Laxanen coming up. So, you know, you're going to have a really young defensive group that could be in the NHL in the next two years, two to three years. And there, and I think that what the Sabres are hoping is that, you know, because again, my personal thought is I don't think the Sabres are going to be a legitimate contender for the playoffs for at least another two years. They're going to be near the basement of the standings again, I think, this upcoming season. And then maybe after that, maybe another season down in the basement. Luckily, the good news for the Sabres is that the next two draft classes are pretty darn good. And if they win the next two draft lotteries, they will get those top picks that they win. Because that new rule with the draft lottery with, oh, hey, well, teams can't win a draft lottery multiple times. That's not until next year. This year they won the draft lottery. It doesn't count towards that rule. So that's a very good thing for the Sabres. But looking forward, I think that what Kevin Adams, what Jason Carmanos, what uh, the entire front office organization is thinking is that by the time 2023 comes, after the 2023 draft, I think they feel that that's when they're going to start saying, hey, we can contend now. With the young people that we have, with the hopeful progression that they continue to show under Don Granado's leadership in the NHL, with Seth, a Seth Appert's leadership in the AHL, and the development that they may take in the junior levels or wherever they're playing – by the time they get all their prospects and you know the young guys that have the high hopes, the Ryan Johnsons, the J.J. Paterikas, by the time 2023 comes, they feel that they'll be ready to play in the NHL and that they will be ready to legitimately contend for a playoff spot again. And you may not like it. It may be two more years, but it is what it, it, is, what it is at this point. And... People may not like it because it's been 10 years already. You've already tied the NHL record for the longest playoff drought. When are you going to take it seriously? I mean, I think they're taking it seriously as it is, but I think they legitimately will take it seriously in terms of let's compete now in a couple more years. 8030551888552550. Paul Hamilton's coming up next. We'll chat with him. We'll get his thoughts on the recent Jack Eichel news, the future of Sam Reinhart, when he thinks the team will be a legitimate contender going forward. Uh, we'll also talk at 12.30, get some thoughts on the Tampa Bay Lightning, their Stanley Cup championship, and their future in Tampa Bay with Eric Erlinson. You may know him as Lightning Insider on Twitter. He is at Eric underscore Erlinson. And, uh, and if you just type in Lightning Insider, that's it's likely the first thing you're going to see is is him. 
Uh, he'll join us at 12.30. And then at 1 o'clock, uh, looking forward to this guest, it's Byron Bader from Hockey Prospecting at HockeyProspecting.com. He joins the show. He's going to have his thoughts. A cool little twist uh, of how he looks ahead to each draft year every year, and this draft year in particular. He'll join us at 1, and uh, looking forward to that interview. But again, you could join us at any point as well. 803-0550 is our number. Call, text, tweet us. Join in on the show. We'll have some fun today. We'll try to have some fun at least right here. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Geary on this Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. We'll check in here with Paul Hamilton momentarily. He is yet to join in on the show, but we'll get to him in a matter of moments. Paul's coming up here next. Again, we'll have Eric Erlinson at 12.30. You may know him on Twitter as Lightning Insider from lightninginsider.com. He'll join us then to talk about the Lightning, their Stanley Cup win this year, and whether or not they can do a three-peat next season. And then at 1 o'clock, we'll have Byron Bader from hockeyprospecting.com joining us right here on WGR. 803-0550 is the number to join us here. 1-888-550-2550 if you care to share your thoughts on the Sabres, if you care to share to share your thoughts on the Jack Eichel front, Sam Reinhart's future, <clears throat> you can join us at any point this morning, 803-0550. Or uh, you can also tweet in at BJ Wilson WGR at WGR five fifty. You can you can tweet Corey as well. Go go bother Corey on Twitter. Why would you want to? because uh, it's fun. It's fun to bother people on Twitter. Some people at least. Love that mute button. <laughs> At Corey Griswold on Twitter with Corey with an E, by the way. It's the only way to spell Corey. Uh, and then the proper uh, spelling for both C O R E Y G R I S W O L D. Right on. And uh, and our text line is the same number as the number you call in 716 803 0550. While we wait for Paul, we were talking a little bit about yesterday. The uh, the Kyle Oposo front, it, it all of a sudden weirdly became the Kyle Oposo show uh, on WGR when I was filling in for the instigators. And we were talking about possible ideas for possibly buying out Kyle Oposo. We were talking about maybe, you know, him being on the roster for two years while he finishes out his contract. But then again, an interesting point made from David Pagnota yesterday. David Pagnota brings up the point where, hey, you know, it seems like that the Sabres and Kraken had discussions about Kyle Oposo. And Franklin Heinzman was running the board, and both Franklin and myself, we looked at each other, and when we heard that, we thought, hmm, very interesting. What could that mean? Could that mean that they've had trade discussions between the two sides? Could that mean that they've had discussions about the Sabres having the Kraken take Kyle Oposo and then the Sabres would compensate the Kraken for taking Kyle Oposo with a couple other assets, which would be sort of a situation that was with the Seattle, uh, with the Las Vegas Gold, with the Vegas Golden Knights back a few years ago in 2017, where teams were saying, hey, Take this bad contract, we'll give you this prospect in return, and also we'll give you an extra pick in return. 
I think it was with David Clarkson with the Blue Jackets or something like that as an example where Clarkson was still under contract. It was a terrible contract. And the Blue Jackets were just like, hey, um, take this contract off our hands and we'll give you this guy and we'll, you know, give you a couple other assets and make it work. It's an interesting sort of situation with Kyle Oposo. He's got two more years left, $6 million, and we'll see how this plays out. I, I mean, Kyle Oposo, having him on the roster is... It's unfortunate because Kyle Oposo over the past couple of years has actually been quite serviceable for the Sabres. He's served very well in his role as a bottom six guy who can play really well in the offensive zone, who could, who has good possession numbers relatively. And the only problem with that, though, is that he's getting paid $6 million like he's a top-line forward. Now, mind you, when he was signed, he was brought in with the hope that he could continue to with that production that he had with the New York Islanders and play on a line with a Jack Eichel. He was signed by Tim Murray. That quickly backfired in Murray's face and Buffalo's face. As I mean, it, it I mean, the far it is a far cry from the production that he put up with the Islanders in his career. When he was with the Islanders, he put up 369 points, 139 goals, 236 in 529 games. With the Sabres so far, in 306 games over the span of five years, 59 goals, 91 assists for 150 points. Not the greatest of numbers. I think it's fair to say. However, it is nice to have seen Kyle Oposo remain relatively healthy for the past couple of years, and nice to see him fill that bottom six role really nicely as well on this team. Again, not ideal with the situation with his cap hit, but if the Sabres are able to make a move one way or another with Kyle Oposo, and they're able to get him off the cap, which frees up $6 million, then you have the Jack Eichel money coming off with a, a, a potential trade. You're probably adding some more money on, though, because you're probably going to have to take back a bad contract, which completely understandable. With Sam Reinhart out of the picture, likely, I mean, I mean that's something we definitely are going to get into in the 12 o'clock hour is the future of Sam Reinhart and, and where his future lies with the team. But your highest paid player heading into next season might, I mean, is probably Jeff Skinner at $9 million. And after that, it, uh, who knows who's going to be here? Is Rasmus Ristolainen going to be here? Is Colin Miller going to be here? I mean, Rasmus Ristolainen said this offseason, I, I, I need to make the playoffs next year. I don't want to be part of a rebuild. I need to make the playoffs. This team's probably not making the playoffs next year. If you're trading away, I mean, it all depends on the return you get for a potential Jack Eichel trade, for a potential Sam Reinhardt trade. I mean, any trade that you get, the potential of the return is pretty much what matters. Are you going to get players that can contribute right away and actually make a difference on this team? It's tough because I think a lot of it is all going to be future assets. You might get a an asset or two to help contribute immediately. But how much are they going to be a factor? I don't know. And we went through the free agents on the team and who needs to be re-signed. And 
the unrestricted free agents this year. Tobias Reeder, nah, he's probably gone. Riley Shan, eh, I mean, maybe you bring him back if you if you need a nice depth guy, but I don't need him back. Drake Kajula, maybe. Maybe that's an interesting name that gets another year here. Matt Irwin, probably gone. Carter Hutton, probably gone. Linus Allmark, definitely you would like to have him back because then at that point, if you don't get him back, then you're really in a tough situation for goaltending. Then the only two goaltenders you'd have under contract is Dustin Tokarski, who played admirably in his time with the the Sabres last year. And you also had uh, Ukopakalukinen, who ideally you would like him to get another full season in Rochester before he makes the jump to the NHL to either be a backup or starter. And then you also have Jake McCabe, who's an unrestricted free agent. Is he coming back? I would lean towards no. Another one of these guys that I think has is is wanting to win now and is is been tired of the losing and would rather be on a, in a better situation. I mean, I could easily be wrong about this. I've been wrong about stuff like this before, but I could easily be wrong with this. I I I certainly believe that Jake McCabe is more likely than not moving on. This offseason. And then, I mean, the, the AHL guys or the depth guys that, you know, John Sebastian D, Stephen Fogarty, CJ Smith, Brandon Davidson, all those guys, it, it really doesn't matter to me. They're all unrestricted free agents. Your restricted free agents are, of course, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Asplund, Casey Middlestat. All of them will need new contracts unless a guy like Rasmus Asplund is going to be taken in the expansion draft, but... Well, we're hypothetically putting in a situation here where Kyle Oposo is kind of the guy, but who knows? Uh, Will Borgen and Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Okiharyu, three of your top young defensemen, all need new contracts because they're restricted free agents. And then you also have in the AHL Casey Fitzgerald, who, you know, I think is a nice depth defenseman, but is he ever going to make a legitimate case for being a full-time NHLer? I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it. So the goal this upcoming season, I mean, you're going to have I mean, if you're trading Jack Eichel and you're trading Sam Reinhart, the goal then at this point would be how do you get to the cap floor? You're going to be in a situation like the Ottawa Senators in a, in a few years ago where uh they were Bad. I mean, they had a young roster. They weren't necessarily I mean, they were bad, but they were they had a very young roster. And they were acquiring certain pieces to help them get to the cap floor, even though those players weren't necessarily good. But they needed to get to that cap floor in order to be able to field a roster for the upcoming season. And I could easily see that being the case with a, with a Sabres team like this. In a Jack Eichel trade and a Reinhardt trade, they may have to take back on a contract that might be a little bigger. Maybe that player is not exactly an ideal player to help you out, but at the same point, the other team's got to make room for those players to be able to come on, especially Jack Eichel with a $10 million cap hit. They have to make the room, so if they have to tell the Sabres, all right, well, if we're taking Jack Eichel, I mean, this is an example, Anaheim, if we're taking on Jack Eichel, you've got to take back Adam Henrique. Okay, fine. Adam Henrique it is. And just in case you're wondering, Adam Henrique has a salary cap hit of 5825 for the next three years. 
but we will have to wait and see how the expansion draft goes because again, we don't we it, see, it certainly seems like right now Jack Eichel's not moving until after the expansion draft. 8030551888552550. We'll try to check in with Paul Hamilton when we come back and and get him on for a few minutes here and uh we'll we'll talk a little bit about the future of the Sabres roster going forward. one 888 Also, Sam Reinhardt. Where are you at in the future of Sam Reinhardt? Would you rather re-sign him to a long-term deal? Would you rather hold on to him, sign him to another contract, and trade him at the trade deadline, maybe increase your value? Or are you very much like the Jack Eichel situation? If he wants to move on, if he doesn't want to be part of another rebuild, or what have you, you find a spot, you try and get the most return you can now, and go from there. We'll get those thoughts from you at the 12 o'clock hour and plenty more with you right here on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. No matter what music you love or when you love to listen, Odyssey's new exclusive stations, including Tailgate Crashers and Arena Rock, are expertly curated for sports listeners like you. Introducing hundreds of new exclusive music stations available now only on Odyssey. All right, we're back here on Sports Talk Saturday, WGR Sports Radio 550. Brayton Wilson filling in for the... In- uh, I did it again, Corey. Ah! I did it again. I'm not filling in for the instigators. I'm filling in for Nate Geary on Sports Talk Saturday. I said it last week. I did it again because yesterday I you filled in for the instigators. You do this one more show. It's your show. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. 803-0551-888-552-550. Let's head out to the Western Hotline. We got in contact with Paul Hamilton. He joins us right now on the show. Paul, good morning. Thanks again for taking the time. Good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm just sitting here this morning. I wake up and I see Elliot Freeman posted his recent 31 thoughts and he had a, a quick tidbit on Jack Eichel pretty much saying that there was he that there was thoughts that he had backed away from his his disc replacement surgery, but now it's uh it's not true and that also he thinks that a trade is going to happen after the expansion draft. I mean, this seems like to be the consensus thought now amongst many people, Paul, is that uh, any impending Eichel trade that could be happening isn't likely going to happen until Seattle formulates their team and just before the NHL draft, which is a very short time period, mind you, but it it seems like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's a shame for the Sabres because I think they might want to adjust their protection list. Although, in some of the pieces you get back, you, you might actually put your protection list into worse shape because you might acquire people you need to protect. Um, so it could go either way right. when it's talking to that. But, um, you know, I, I know they would like to get another pick in this year's draft if they could. And that's when things heat up even more as you get closer to the draft. And I remember when the draft was in Minnesota, I got off the plane and my phone's, you know, ringing off the hook because that's when the Robin Regeer thing was starting to go down. Hmm. And, and that's when uh, Lindy Ruff and the Pagulas all hopped a jet to go talk Robin Regeer into accepting the trade and waving his no movement. And uh, But I, I just remember it just heated up right that day as we're arriving the day before the draft is to start, and that's that that's common. That happens a lot, where things start heating up like that, and get, they get closer. So that would make a lot of sense. That uh, you know that 
after the expansion draft, but before the entry draft. Friedman also pointed out in his, his 31 Thoughts blog that uh, the Sabres are being very careful with Eichel's medical records. And, you know, you look at a situation where St. Louis, they're making it very clear to everyone that, that Tarasenko's medical records are being available to any team that they want. Friedman also does say that the Sabres want to make sure trading partners are very serious before allowing access to the medical records. But, I mean... Is it odd, Paul, that maybe that they're waiting to make this, or is this is this more of a, a, a safeguarding thing for the Sabers in terms of, well, hey, you know, uh, uh, I mean, like they're saying, unless you're being serious about it, we're not going to make it anything public with you guys. No, I don't think it's odd. It, it just, and we've been talking about this uh, this week uh, in in different types of scenarios, saying. I think what Adams is doing is is kind of what you were outlining there, that, okay, if we're just going to have discussions, we're not going to let you look at the records. But as a trade gets more serious and maybe they're starting to close in with a certain team and and the parameters are almost set and you're getting to that point, he's got to let them look at the records or I just don't think there's going to be a trade or it's going to be a trade that's not going to be good for the Buffalo Sabres. So that's what I think exactly what you're talking about. What he's waiting for is to let it get a little bit more serious. And when you get down to that point where you're thinking, okay, this, this is, this could really happen. We're, we're starting to wrap this particular trade up. Then I think they would have access to either the medical records or Eichel's agent. Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Wester hotline here on WGR. Paul, I want to ask you a little bit more about Sam Reinhart in just a minute, but I was talking with David Pagnota from the fourth period yesterday. He's pretty well connected with the NHL uh, with, with his own people that he talks to. And yesterday he made an interesting note that, um, it's believed that the Sabres and the Kraken have discussed Kyle Oposo, whether that means that uh, the Kraken would acquire Oposo in a, in a separate trade or it would just be part of the uh, part of the process where, okay, the Sabres would say, well, if you're take, you know, take Oposo off our hands and then we'll give you asset A and asset B or whatever. What do you make of, uh, of the possibility that the Sabres would be able to get Kyle Oposo and his two years of his contract left off the books? I think that would be great for them. And my idea was to try to get the Kraken to take somebody like Cody Eakin or Colin Miller. I really didn't think, you know, Oposo would be the person. But when you stop and think about it, I mean, you get some leadership for some young players. You, you also, the Kraken gets to get a contract that helps them get to the cap floor. It's not going to strap them for more than two years. Uh, so... And and quite honestly, he came to life last year. I mean, he was to, in the beginning of the year. It looked like, oh, he he's really regressed even more. And then he came back, and then Kruger lost the job, and he played pretty well. I thought he for a while, right after Eichel got injured for the first, I want to say seven or eight or nine games, he was their leading scorer. You know, and and really, you know, because I, I remember bringing that up to people because they were surprised that uh, you know, well, guess who's has the most, uh, and so I, I thought his play was better. So that that I think it would start to make a lot of sense if if you're trying to steal steer the Kraken into a certain direction of one of those three players, that's probably the player they would be most interested in. 
Now, the question is, when you steered Vegas away from Allmark, it cost you a sixth-round pick in Carrier. That's Carrier was the guy they took. Sounds like prices are different. Sounds like it's going to cost you a better pick than that. So if you want to push them in the direction of Kyle Oposo, right? maybe it's going to be a fourth-round pick this time or something like that. It doesn't sound to me reading and, and talking to people that a sixth-round pick is going to get it done to keep the Kraken off certain, a certain bunch of your players. And if I remember correctly, too, doesn't it have to be Buffalo's own pick? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. Because I was just about to say, the Sabres do have two th- uh, third-rounders, but they're Florida's and Montreal's. They don't have their own third-round pick. They gave that up in the, I believe, the uh, – I believe which which trade was this. I apologize. I thought it was the the Jeff Skinner trade at first, but uh, I'd have to double check that real quick. Um, on what? It, oh, it was the Jimmy VC. They when they acquired Jimmy VC, it's the twenty twenty one third rounder they're giving to the Rangers for that trade. Um, anyway, the what I wanted to ask you, Paul, also too pertaining to the Sabers, you made mention that Seattle has to worry about getting to the cap floor and and being able to have you know be in the guidelines of where you need to be for the salary cap. I also just recently have been thinking where it's just like if you're trading away Jack Eichel, depending on the return you're getting, the Sabres might also have to worry about themselves getting to the cap floor with the way that their team is constructed just because, yes, you're going to have to re-sign some players, but they got $34 million in cap space right now. That space can be increased even more if you're trading Jack Eichel. If you are trading a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen, if you're getting Kyle Oposo off your books, it may, it certainly seems like it could be a situation like Ottawa a few years ago where they didn't they had a very young team but they needed to bring in some other players just to get to the cap floor. Yeah, they did. Uh, so uh, I, I think it it's I don't want, know if I want to say a worry, you know, that to to, to get to the cap floor you'll eventually get it. Remember when Murray talked about the cap floor and people were saying, well, he needs to make these trades to get to the cap floor, and he goes. Mm-hmm. The easiest thing in the world is to get to the cap floor. He goes, you can do that, you know, whether it's through free agency or whatever you have to do. Um, but the question is, how do you want to do it? I mean, you just want to – you don't just want to do it with any type of player. Uh, so, you know, that's what I think they have to worry about. And then Vegas, you know, when, when they came into the league, of course, as we all know, did a phenomenal job with everything they did, whether it was the expansion draft, whether it was making trades – drafting themselves i mean they they could they could do no wrong and and we all know what happened after that paul hamilton joining us here on the west sir hotline for a few more minutes paul last thing i'll ask you here before i'll let you go is about the future of sam reinhardt i i mean his comments along with eichel's and wrist alignings during the uh, during the right after the season ended were pretty poignant and clear he does yes. not want to be part of a rebuild, another rebuild here in Buffalo. And it seems like, to me at least, I'm not sure if the Sabres are going to be a legitimate contender for the playoffs, at least for another two seasons. So if that's the case, how do you feel they're going to try and approach Sam Reinhart this offseason? Do you feel that a trade is is the best scenario this offseason? Or do you feel that maybe another year under contract, you trade him at the deadline, might benefit the Sabres a little bit more than something like that? Or how do you feel about this? Or, or are you even on the boat maybe of you try and make Sam Reinhart your new leader? Because Don Granato spoke so highly about him in the offseason and how he's he's a leader and he's a guy that is a, is one of the best players on the team. How, how do you make this out? Well, I think your number one priority would be to try to get him signed long-term, but we all know he's done with Buffalo. I yeah. mean, he, he does not want that. And 
So that that I think priority is out the window. I don't think you're going to get that. I think now is the time to trade him more than waiting because you don't want to get to a point where he could become an unrestricted free agent or you would just have to take a bad trade because you you want to get well you got to get something for him type of a trade. Uh so and you know to a point too when he becomes a restricted free agent teams can talk to his agents so they'll know if they if he's if they have a chance to sign him if they're going to acquire him in a trade you know because they could be also negotiating with him for an offer sheet if they wanted to so his his agent will be available to talk to uh the sabers can't stop that you know once once the contract runs out and he becomes a restricted free agent so you know, they any trade they want to do, at least the team that's trading for him would have an idea if Sam Reinhart would be on board or open to a contract extension. All right, Paul. Well, you're going to be in co-hosting with Howard on Monday. Is that correct? Yes, Monday and Thursday. Very good. All right. Well, thanks again for taking the time today, and we'll talk to you again on Monday and enjoy the weekend. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Western Hotline. And the last question that I asked was about Sam Reinhart and his future. I definitely want to get into that when we come back. I've got my own thoughts on the Sam Reinhart situation. Corey, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on the Sam Reinhart situation. Mm -hmm. And you could call in with your thoughts on the Sam Reinhart situation if you you choose to do so. 803-0550. We'll get into Sam Reinhart next. Again, coming up at 1230, we'll have Eric Erlinson, the Lightning Insider from lightninginsider.com. He'll join us at 1230. And then Byron Bader at 1 o'clock from hockeyprospecting.com. Brayton Wilson filling in for Nate Gary today on Sports Talk Saturday on W. WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.